This is Surfing Through Cinema. I'm your host, Hawaii Harry. Today, I will be discussing the next film for Action Week. This is a movie from the legendary Japanese director, Akira Kurosawa, The Hidden Fortress. Okay, so some technical details. So this film was released by Toho, a... A film company based in Japan, famous for Godzilla and many other films. This was released on December 28, 1958. And then it was eventually released in the United States on October of 1960. So, this is during Japan's renaissance in film history. And when they were making lots of historical films, a lot of action samurai films. So this is a perfect example of a classic Akira Kurosawa film. Okay. Another technical aspect. This is one of the main inspirations for Star Wars. So George Lucas was a huge fan of Akira Kurosawa and he based a lot of characters and a lot of story arcs from many of Akira Kurosawa films, but mainly this one. You know, there's a princess who was in danger. There's, you know, two bumbling peasants. Or in the case of Star Wars, it'd be R2-D2 and 3PO. There are two sides, like a big imperial force against a smaller group. It's very, very similar. Uh, George Lucas even later on stated that he use this film as a big inspiration for him. Alright. And another interesting and cool aspect, kind of tying in more of Star Wars, many of the cuts and swipes and different um, edits, or angles I should say, are used in Star Wars. So you typically would see like um, the transition from one scene to the next, Usually it's in a jump jump cut or in a, you know, a dissolve, many other different methods of it. But in these films, the entire screen literally swipes from left to right, and then it brings you into the next scene. And this technique was used to kind of continually make it look like it was a moving painting. Kind of like in the olden days of Japan, they used to have those large and huge painting so wanted to give Kirikurasaru use that to give that effect alright <clears throat> so let's get into the plot um, there are two peasants who are escaping from prison and they find gold in a river they meet a man who is actually a general from the individuals who lost in the huge battle between the two groups and The peasants decide to help escort him along with the princess, who they don't know is the princess. And she's posing as a mute. And uh, they're trying to get through enemy territory so that the princess can get both herself and the last of her family fortune safely across enemy territory. And uh, I won't tell how it ends. I kind of want to leave that in the air so that you all have the opportunity to see it for yourself. But I think it's a, 
I think it was a funny climax. I think it was a good ending. So, recommend it. Yeah, so... <laughs> kind of funny story about how I came across um, the version of the movie I have. So, I, uh, you know, I collect VHS tapes. I'm kind of old school and kind of a geek with that. And I... Uh, I've been wanting to watch the movie for a while, and, you know, it was really, really expensive. At least for me, I'm a poor college student, so anything above $20 is expensive. And I found on Amazon that they have a copy of the film for $6 on a VHS tape. And I thought, great, I have a VCR, I can watch it on my big screen TV, this is great. And... You know, sadly, when it comes to a lot of movies, especially one shot in widescreen, or in this case, Toho Scope, which is basically a widescreen format that Japan developed, it was uh, it was formatted to fit a standard definition screen. So like the old box TVs. And so <laughs> normally that's not a big deal for me. You know, a lot of old films were filmed that way. So you kind of get used to it and whatnot. I thought it was fine. But this specific version went a step further. And not only did they crop it in, you know, to format it to fit in a standard definition TV. They also cut up in the bottom of the, uh, the, uh, the screen. So it was kind of a small rectangle. And the reason why they did that is so they could fit in the subtitles without it being, you know, white out, um, without it being blurred out from movement of the characters, the white scenery. I imagine that's why they did it. You know, it's a black and white film, so I imagine white text wouldn't look so good on a lot of the scenery in it. There's a lot of white background. So I understand why they did it, but it was just kind of funny. And kind of sad, because a lot of the foreground uh, characters and a lot of the foreground scenery you're supposed to see in it were cut out, because they had to add in the subtitles. And so, <laughs> it was kind of hard to tell what was going on sometimes. So, <laughs> the bottom line is, I don't recommend watching the VHS tape version of it like I did. At least that specific one. Um... I recommend watching watching it digitally or watching it on Amazon. And for my what I found, you can only watch it by buying it. None of the streaming services have it. I think the Criterion Collection has has it on their streaming service, but that's a whole nother one you'd have to purchase and and uh, rent every month. So I think the best way is to see it. Um, on DVD or Blu-ray, but definitely not the version I saw of it. So, um, luckily, I'd already known the story about it. I've already seen it many, many years ago when I was a younger kid. At least parts of it. I can't remember if it was the actual full film or if it was just parts of it within like a, a Star Wars documentary with George Lucas talking about it. And just showing clips. I can't remember specifically. 
but I do remember a lot of the scenes within it. But I can't I can't quite remember which which it was. But as beside the point, I I knew what was going on. You know, it's it's a pretty awesome uh, samurai film if you're into those or action films. I think it's really good at that. You know, Akira Kurosawa was known for that. That is his um, forte. You know, is to do films like that. And this one's a little bit different from the ones he had done in the past. See, he was mainly known for his like really serious action roles. Or, excuse me, his serious action films. But in this case, it was pretty serious, but also had some comedy and light lightheartedness to it. So it seems more like an adventure film than it does a war film that he typically would do. And it's definitely within his unique style. He was known for doing the, uh, rather than what was popular at the time in Japan, of doing the 18th and 19th century samurai, he was known for doing more uh, 16th and 17th century uh, ronin style. So like uh, samurai without masters. And I think it's really cool. I'm still going to continue watching his other films. I personally haven't seen any of them. I hear a lot though about Seven Samurai and Yojimbo and and uh, and Ronin. I'm sorry, Rashomon. <laughs> there are Ronins in it though, but it, Rashomon. I've heard some good things about a lot of them, but yeah, I'd like to check them out. So that's what I wanted to discuss with uh, the plot and technical details. So we're going to go on a break real quick, and here's a message from our sponsor. Okay, so we're back from our break, and now I'm going to get to some critical and my personal views on uh, The Hidden Fortress. So it has a 97% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's what critics have given it, and the audiences have given it a 93%. So generally speaking, people like this film, and uh, uh, the critics and the people seem to be united with it. And the film has mainly gained popularity over the years. You know, at the time, it was popular in Japan, but not so much so here in America, like Seven Samurai and Rashomon. So it's gained more po popularity over the years because of it being labeled as the inspiration for Star Wars. So lots of Star Wars fans and science fiction fans have, you know, had an interest in it and have watched it and have ended up liking it just because they feel it's the same connection as they do with Star Wars. And many people, many critics, uh, they praise the cinematography and the characters, how they're relatable, how they're funny, and how they're not so strict and, and rigid. Interestingly enough, though, as I was doing research on this, there aren't a whole lot of uh, YouTube or any other reviews on it and there are some but there aren't any of the contemporary youtubers who have reviewed it now this could very well have been just my you know improper searching or maybe not checking the right places it's just an interesting thing you know how so many people on uh you know rotten tomatoes imdb and all these different places praise the film and yet there aren't too many people who discuss about the film. 
So that's an interesting aspect of it, as I did research on it. Now let's get into my view of it. Um, I really like the peasant characters, and I have a hard time pronouncing their names, so I'm not going to butcher them, but I thought they were hilarious. You know, they were always screaming and shouting at each other and trying to be the tough guy, but then when it actually came to it, when the actual tough guy came around, the uh, the general, they kind of whimpered and quivered away in fear, were kind of wussies. It was really funny. I They were definitely a good comic relief. Um, they're Supposedly, they're the inspiration for R2-D2 and C-3PO, and I could kind of see that. One of them, the taller one, seems more you know, analytical and more straightforward, kind of like C-3PO. And then the other one, well, I guess he's like R2-D2. <laughs> you know, R2-D2 doesn't really talk, but he's kind of sassy. So maybe, I guess in that aspect, he is like R2-D2. All right. So I've learned that there are many versions of this film. And in the U.S., when it was originally released, they cut about 40 minutes of it out. And in other countries in Europe, they cut it down even more, about like an hour. And it wasn't until, I want to say, 25 years ago, um, the United States released, or was finally able to release, the original Japanese version of it, which is about 2 hours and 40 minutes long. I'm sorry, two hours and 20 minutes long. And uh, I personally think it it kind of dragged on for a while. There were some really, really slow moments. Um, but I kind of understand why, you know, he, Akira Kurosawa wanted us to be, you know, kind of calm and ready for the action sequences he had he didn't want to just put total action or total nothing in it he kind of wanted to mix it up a bit so i kind of understand that but i do think it should be shorter it it does feel pretty long and uh and so but that may have been just the version of the film i watched how poor of a quality it was so maybe i just need to see it in better quality Maybe in digital or other methods. That way I get more of the atmosphere of it and more of a feel for it. Because it felt pretty it felt pretty crowded with that version of it. <laughs> so it's something I'll have to see again. I definitely I definitely respect it artistically. I think the cinematography was, you know, amazing. The editing was amazing. I I for that aspect, I really like it. Um, I think the best part of the whole film, or the best aspect, I should say, are the action sequences. Um, like the sword fighting, the all kinds of things are really impressive. There's this one scene where the general, he's in this camp, and he has this long staff with a blade on the tip of it. And he's fighting this other guy within the camp. And he's like tearing down all these tarps and and uh, breaking things. And it's really, really cool and really tense. And they're like 
stalking each other and like and then lunging and attacking it's really cool i think that was the best action sequence in the film so i really like that that's the hidden fortress i i liked it you know i again i had some issues with it but i think generally it was a good film it's something i highly recommend for any uh lovers of movies in cinema i i don't know if a lot of contemporary viewers would like it just because of how long it is and how the uh how kind of slow it gets so i definitely recommend it though for any cinema lovers and cinema fans and really any of the works of Akira Kurosawa and I haven't even seen a lot of them but he's he's definitely a good director at least for what I've seen in this and what from what I've heard so that's what I wanted to talk about today uh next time will be the 13th episode and I'll be discussing the next a film in Star Wars week, which actually won't be a film. It'll be the Clone Wars TV show. And uh, interestingly enough, you know, it's very interesting seeing how this week being the Hidden Fortress, which inspired Star Wars, and then the next one episode being a Star Wars week. I didn't plan that out on purpose. That's just how it rolled out. That's how it <laughs> rolled out. <laughs> That's just how it worked. So that wraps up everything. This has been Surfing Through Cinema. I'm your host, Hawaii Harry. Take care. Thank you for listening to Surfing Through Cinema. Make sure to check us out on Facebook at Surfing Through Cinema with Hawaii Harry and on Instagram with Surfing Through Cinema. We also have a website www.anchor.fm forward slash surfing through cinema where you can learn more details on upcoming episodes and on past episodes.